Welcome, and uh, thanks for listening to uh, Reyes Podcast. Uh, this edition is going to be focusing uh, mostly on a topic that I deal a lot with in my practice uh, as an immigration lawyer here in Phoenix, Arizona, and that's the uh, topic of domestic violence and how pervasive it can be, um, you know, and, and the many forms it takes uh, when uh, somebody is subject to, to the domestic violence and how difficult it can sometimes be uh, to escape that reality. You know, uh, a lot of times I talk about uh, politics and I talk about all things, but, but today I think I'm just going to really focus in on, you know, what what is uh, domestic violence. It happens in all families from all economic, socioeconomic levels. Uh, there is no one uh, demographic that is immune to domestic violence. And I think also it's extremely important to understand that it is not a reflection on the victim that they themselves were a victim of domestic violence. It doesn't show weakness or uh, an inability to deal with issues or life. It is a, a consequence of having dealt with or being uh, near an abusive spouse or, or partner. Uh, it does happen, you know, in terms of uh, from parents to children and, and sometimes from children to their parents, you know, any kind of relation where it is a domestic relationship, uh, the the DV aspect, uh, the, 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 the violence itself it doesn't necessarily come from one particular uh, gender or or particular relationship within a family <clears throat> you know I'm gonna kind of go down and really focus uh, on spousal uh, domestic violence which I think tends to be the most pervasive and oftentimes you know uh, what I what I hear from most of the people who are victims is that you know when they meet the person it's not like the person's wearing this shirt that says yeah I like to beat people you know that I'm living with or I'm extremely controlling and can go from zero to ten in aggro in half a second like they don't they don't advertise themselves that way generally they're usually really affable uh, funny smart caring sensitive and um, present individuals who work really hard in the beginning to to gain the trust of the person that they are trying to kind of, uh, you know, uh, get in a relationship with. You know, it's this whole uh, show that they put on that is, um, you know, disarming for for the person who is being wooed uh, and is, you know, considering being with this person long term and oftentimes you know they are i think initially just great um partners and what ends up happening over time is this you know sometimes it's more abrupt than others sometimes it's pretty quick sometimes it happens over a much longer period but the abuse uh, can happen in, in, in any one of the following forms. It can be uh, psychological, it can be emotional, it can be physical, it can be sexual. And, or it can be all of the above or just one of the above, you know. And, and that abuse uh, will grind uh, the, the person being abused down over time. You know, one of the things that I think a lot of people, especially Latinos in the community, think that, you know, well, if it isn't a physical abuse, this, this hitting and this, this punching or, or, you know, using anything, that it's not really abuse, you know, the yelling and the name calling or like the, the slight push or, you know, those things that don't really count for, for domestic violence when in all fact they do. I mean, that is violence. It is domestic violence. It is an abusive relationship. 
And it's one that you shouldn't have to put up with. Uh, if you're hearing this, you know, and you yourself think, you know, man, I'm, this, this sounds so much like my situation. Uh, it's important that you understand that there's help, uh, that there are places you can go to, there are shelters you can go to, you can Google, you know, uh, domestic violence shelter uh, in your area and, and see what comes up and reach out. Oftentimes they have caseworkers who will go to you, who will meet you at a safe place uh, and uh, take you and your children uh, to that uh, shelter. Uh, to give you some time to transition from where you are to where you need to be. And so, you know, it's, it's extremely important that you uh, understand uh, that, that there is uh, help, that, that you can, um, you know, uh, do something for yourself. You don't necessarily have to wait until the absolute uh, very last minute, you know, when things look their, their worst uh, to, to try and do something for yourself or your family. So I really do encourage people to, to reach out and to see, you know, what exactly uh, one can do for themselves. I'm going to go ahead and put this out here. Uh, you know, here in Arizona, uh, one of the things that you can do is uh, call the uh, the Arizona, Arizona Coalition to End Sexual and Domestic Violence. And the number you can call is 602-279-2900, 602-279-2900. It's one of the numbers that you can call, uh, and, uh, and they can uh, help you uh, find a place and a space for you to kind of uh, free yourself uh, from that kind of abuse um, and and get yourself into a place where you can do something for yourself. If if you are in any other state, in any other city uh, outside of Arizona, you know, just Google domestic violence, your state, and uh, generally you'll get uh, quite a few, uh, you know, hits on, on what you can do and, and who you can call uh, for help. You know, one of the things that I'm finding is that uh, a lot of this is happening with younger people, and it happens uh, in a more privately pervasive way. With uh, you know the one of the partners asking for for photos, and and then using those photos uh, as you know a a way to kind of extort what they want from that individual, whether it's sexual or or anything else. You know, oftentimes it is sexual in terms of um, you know do this or I'm gonna. Uh, show these photos or do this or I'm going to share this with uh, the school and and uh, let's be clear that that in of itself is uh, is illegal and uh, and should be reported quickly to the authorities just like pretty much any kind of physical domestic violence sexual abuse um, th- those are the kinds of things that uh, we should be uh, doing to protect ourselves to protect our families you know calling the police having them come in and and then following through with the investigation oftentimes you know if you're older this person has been doing this for a long time you're not the first person that this person has ever abused. You're not the first person that this person has ever hit. You're not the first person this person's ever kind of tried to um, uh, extort something from. And this pattern often shows up over and over and over again when you're dealing with this abuser. So, um, you know, making sure that you are aware and understand that, that you know, it's okay. And seeing the warning signs that things are getting extremely worse over time to where it's no longer about a beating, but maybe it's about your life itself, you know, that, that you uh, may not wake up one morning, that you will die one day based on the abuse that uh, you are suffering. And this goes both ways. Men and, and women uh, can both be the abuser or, or the abused. And so, you know, um, everybody should listen to this and, and kind of um, 
uh, feel free to share this information along. Uh, some of the things that I think we, we mistake uh, in terms of domestic violence uh, is that it has to be horrific. It has to be continuous. It has to be, you know, um, a lot of times for it to kind of really add up to domestic violence. Once is enough. You know, really just once is enough. One time that you've been hit, one time that, that you've had something thrown at you, uh, one time that they've slammed a door on your fingers, one time uh, that they have threatened you with a knife, one time that they have, uh, you know, uh, destroyed your clothing, destroyed your 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 private stuff, one time that they've threatened uh, your, your kids, one time that they've threatened your safety. You know, uh, somebody who loves somebody doesn't do that. That is not the kind of actions that somebody who loves you would engage in. Uh, and, and even if they say, well, I'm just jealous or I'm afraid you're going to leave me for somebody else. Well, if you treat somebody badly, I think that's the proper thing to do is to leave that person and find somebody else if you're so inclined to do so. But don't uh, don't stick around and wait for this person to somehow change their behavior at your physical, psychological, emotional, emotional or, or, or sexual health, you know, your, your well-being. You know, you, you should not lose your identity. You should not lose hope in life. You should not lose a sense of yourself and, and any sense of, of what living in the future would be like. You know, one of the main tricks that an abuser will use is to completely isolate you from your friends and your family. You know, try to monitor everything you do from the time you leave the house to the time you get home. Or if they themselves are working and you're the one at home is constantly asking you to check and text and send pictures and and do things so that they know that you haven't left or you're not with anybody else. And, and, and that kind of... Um, that kind of uh, uh, treatment, that kind of relationship is, is uh, in and of itself abusive, it's controlling, uh, uh, and, and it, 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 if, you, if you engage in that behavior, you think, you're thinking, you know, the abused person, if you're engaging in the, in the trying to, you know, uh, appease things and just go along with it, and I think as long as I do this, that person will be okay, or, or they'll get over their rage, or, or they'll see that I'm just trying to be a good spirit spouse and and I'm not going anywhere doing anything you know you are allowing them to kind of move on to the next stage and the next stage and the next stage and and that uh, is dangerous in so many levels because you don't know where it ends you know especially when it begins um, in such a pernicious way where you know you have to be accountable for everything you do as if though you are a child to somebody who at one point saw you or at least claimed to see you as a responsible uh, self-sentient you know with your own uh, uh, self-identity kind of adult and and yet here they are pulling these kinds of things to try and uh, convince you that the only person you need is them or that everybody who's trying to uh, take you away from that relationship really has nothing but ill will towards you and that person um, and really just trying to break you up for no reason oftentimes the abused person is the last person who sees just how far things have gone uh, because the manipulation is so well crafted the deceit, the uh, abuse, uh, you know, comes attached to the emotion of love and caring and forgiveness and understanding and compassion in a way that is not being reciprocated by, by the abuser. 
They're not coming at the abused individual with that kind of sentiment. It is what they want, when they want, how they want. And if the person doesn't comply with that, then they're going to get what they deserve. They shouldn't have made me mad. They shouldn't have told me no. They should have just texted five minutes sooner. And, and basically every bad thing that ever happens is based on the person not complying with whatever some unreasonable demand is, you know. And, and then you move on to what happens in, in the area of, you know, your physical health, your sexual health, your emotional health. And all these things, you know, uh, are attached. There is no, you know, while I talk about these four areas as if though they're in a box, they're really not. You know, they're all attached. You know, how you feel about yourself, you know, can affect every other part about you. And whether or not you feel there's a, a, a tomorrow worth living, whether you feel, you know, that, that, that um, you are capable of living a life independent of your abuser uh, can, can dramatically affect how you proceed with everyday life. You know, whether you, you look people in the eye, whether you speak up, whether you engage in society, whether you, uh, you know, try to better yourself with education or, or with a, some kind of a social aspect outside of the abuser's grasp or, or purview or vision. You know, oftentimes the abuser will even really object to somebody going to church or a Bible study because they're having an affair, even though it makes absolutely no sense. Um, that that kind of uh, uh, isolation is is one of the most powerful tools an abuser will use to to get you uh, to kind of isolate that that person to get uh, that person under this control when they feel that they no longer uh, when they're when they're a victim has no more outside help when the only person they can go to is the abuser. Uh, that is when the abuser finds themselves, instead of being comforted by that position and thinking, well, great, I've gotten everything I wanted, generally it, 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 it takes a turn for the worse. Generally it goes from, from bad to worse. Uh, and, and that next stage phase of abuse uh, starts to come to the picture. So. There generally isn't like this this one time, uh, and and uh, you know, and it's over. Uh, it kind of you know starts with something. I'm sorry, and then I'll never do it again. And let me just be so nice to you, and let me make it up. And oh my God, I can't believe I ever did this. And oh, you're so great. And then something else happens a little further, and you know something else happens. And oh no, but I'm sorry, and I'll, I'll make it up, and I'll go to counseling. You know, maybe drugs are involved. Uh, maybe, you know, some kind of an addiction is also playing a part of this. And so, you know, you're trying to save this person. You know, the, the abused victim is trying to save this person. They're trying to, uh, uh, you know, ameliorate their, their, their bad habits or their, or their bad tendencies or their violent tendencies. They're trying to kind of somehow save this individual from themselves. And, and at the same time, they are losing a sense of themselves. They they forget that they should be also taking care of themselves. And when they do that, when you forget to um, take care of yourself, when you forget to uh, be mindful of yourself, that's when I think the the uh, that loss, that self direction, that self sense of who you are plays a huge. Uh, part of of allowing the abuse to continue 
and becoming a part of that cycle in a more permanent way that becomes more difficult to break with time. You know, uh, having many children, trying to keep the person away from work, trying to create, you know, these excessive obligations that can never be met uh, and doing so in a way that deprives the abused uh, individual of any kind of socialization outside of that abusive relationship are all super red flags that you should be aware of uh, if you think that you are you know in an abusive relationship it is it is I think a function of human essence to try and work through the most difficult parts of, of our lives and to try and seek tomorrows with more light than darkness, to try and, you know, help ourselves, pick ourselves up, to, to help others and, and pick them up and, and move society, you know, towards a way that makes every day a better day for ourselves and our kids, you know, and our grandkids. And when you when you believe and you find yourself in, in, a, in a situation where that is no longer the proposition you're living when that is no longer the situation you see when when you know all hope is lost and and you know thinking about what your days are like and what every day is going to be like is 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 just the desire to kind of crawl into a hole or or maybe even kill yourself then you know the the object is to somehow get away any way you can by by fleeing and and putting yourself in a different uh, set of surroundings. Some of you, some of you uh, have probably called the police before. Some of you are still living with your abuser. Some of you are still trying to to gain some kind of freedom. And when you've called, you've said the, to the police, no, it's okay, things are great now. Oh, he was just upset, I just wanted him to calm down or I wanted him to leave for the night. I wanted her to leave for the night. And and then, uh, you know, and then you, you kind of drop the charges or you hope the charges are dropped by the state. And, you know, and, and maybe you're remorseful because now, you know, how's, how are the bills going to get paid and how is this going to happen? How is that going to happen? And I think it's kind of like the ripping of all those uh, norms in your life serve as an opportunity to escape. And, and I think because you don't, at the time, as, as the victim, don't see the opportunities that are there before you, just kind of like all the things that are now lost to you. Maybe your family is really disappointed because you've gone back to this person over and over and over again. Maybe you feel like your friends no longer uh, listen to you or pay you any mind or have kind of moved on because you have allowed this person to take control of your life. Maybe you have uh, abandoned, you know, all kinds of society it doesn't mean you can't start somewhere it doesn't mean that there aren't people who are waiting and willing to bring you into their lives into their world especially when you go and you meet with a group of other individuals who have and are escaping the same kind of situations you realize how not alone you are you realize how common this is you realize that that surviving is the first step you know to kind of getting beyond where you're at um you know, dealing with the abuse is, is kind of living with the abuse. And once you understand that you're, you're fed up and you've made that change, you know, you go from being a victim to a survivor. And, and being a survivor uh, it requires you to kind of survive, to, 
to make a choice every day to get up, to make a choice every day to do something, to make a choice every day to see the good in this world, to be a a part of the good in this world, to move yourself and your family forward despite how hard it is. Your ability to get up every day is one more day you can notch as a survivor. We are our own worst enemies in our minds. We can tell ourselves a thousand reasons why we're going to fail. And if you've been in an abusive relationship for a long time, it might be 10,000 or a million times why you're going to fail. And breaking that chain is the first step in, in releasing yourself from that relationship and moving on to the healing, the growing, the self-nurturing part of your life. You can escape domestic violence. You can free yourself from your abuser. And no, it's not going to be easy, but you will admit that the life you've been living, if you're a victim of domestic violence, has not been easy. You will admit that you're tired, you're fed up, you're scared, and you just want something different for yourself, for your kids. You just want something better. And you deserve something better. You deserve to have a good life. You deserve to to be happy and to have uh, a circle of friends and loved ones who are there to share the good times and the bad times without the, the abuse, without the violence, without the disrespect, without the fear. But it's gonna be difficult. There is gonna be nothing easy about it. And you can do it. I think that when you realize you've stopped making, taking care of yourself, you've stopped combing your hair, you've stopped putting makeup on, you've stopped going to the gym, you, you stopped caring about what you look like and how you feel. Um, and really, when, when, when that is no longer uh, any kind of consideration, is a good gauge in terms of where are you? The person you should love in this world the most, maybe aside from your kids, should be yourself. And that means taking care of yourself. That means loving yourself. That means being truthful with yourself in terms of where have things gone wrong and having that self-conversation on how things are going to change and making that commitment to make that call to get out of that relationship, to get out of that house, to get out of that apartment, to get out of that trailer, to get out of that penthouse, to get out of that mansion, to just get out and start new, fresh. Here's the part that I think most of these kinds of conversations end. Where once you leave, things are great, life is good, the the sun has come up and, and that's not true. Some of the deepest scars we carry are those that no one can ever see. 
some of the 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 hurt, the damage, the injury, the long-lasting effects are those that are within our mind and in our hearts and in our souls. And learning to forgive ourselves and love ourselves and and move forward because the abuser was not just bad to you but bad to your kids and how could you let that happen and and you're afraid of their judgment and you're afraid of your own judgment and you're afraid of God's judgment and and because of that you stay where you are or or you're paralyzed to do nothing but stand in, in the same place not not for, not because you want to but because you're too frightened to do anything else Just like everything else, you're going to carry those scars once you leave. You're going to have to deal with those memories. You're going to have to understand that those are always going to be there. And and that person at that point might realize that they've lost their grip on you. And that person might try to win you back and say they're going to change and, and offer you all kinds of things that they've always promised, you know. And And you want to believe them. You want so bad to believe them. But it's just a lie. And it's part of the many lies that they've told you over and over and over. And why would you believe them this time? Because you want to. Because you're so broken down. Because you're so scarred. Because you think nobody else is going to want you or love you. And you're even having a hard time wanting and loving yourself. And so maybe it would be easier if I went back. But those are the scars you can't ever forget as to who put them there. Why do you feel that way? And to talk to a professional, to to go to counseling, to not be ashamed of that and to share that pain so that you have some kind of release to to air out, to to let the the scar bleed, to to let it heal, to let it uh, slowly. Take on, you know, a a less painful, a less obvious, uh, a less damaging uh, place inside you. There is no substitute for time and the work you've got to put in and the... the difficulty of it at on any given day at any given moment there is no way to make it easy this isn't take a pill and you feel better kind of pain this is a kind of pain that you work through but I can tell you having worked with individuals who were victims of domestic violence. It is a process, but one that bears fruit if you continue to go through the process of loving yourself, of believing in yourself, of, of, of investing in yourself, working hard to be a better you, not losing faith in you, reaching out to people who love you, making sure that you are creating new networks and new opportunities for yourself, going back to school, you know, all the things that you think nobody would love about you this is an opportunity to change those things for the better and there is no perfect person we're all imperfect there is nobody with an absolutely clean past we all have skeletons in our closet there is nobody who can stand up as the the shining example for all humanity we're all flawed 
And it's not allowing yourself to convince yourself that you are not worthy of grace, of forgiveness, of compassion, of tenderness, of love, of sincerity. You deserve it. And if you're in a bad place, you're just going to have to work for it. But it's worth working for. I hope that this conversation uh, will reach some people, will touch some people. I hope you who are listening to this who say, well, I'm not in a domestic violence relationship. I'm in a great place. But maybe you know somebody who is. Maybe you know somebody who would who should probably hear this on their phones, you know, and maybe they'll quickly delete it because they've heard it, but uh, they'll, they'll hear it again. And this message, maybe not the first time, but maybe the second time or the third time, uh, allows them to... Maybe it's the 10th time they hear it, maybe it's the 50th time they hear it. But it's the hearing it over and over again that kind of gives them the, the strength to do something different. I don't know you if you're listening to this. I may have never met you and you've never met me and you're listening to this and you're thinking, this is my life and I want something different. But how do you know I can be all those things you're saying I can be? How do you know I can leave this? How do you know, Ruben? How do you know? You don't know my life. You don't know what I'm going through. You don't know what my kids are going through. You don't know. But I do. I do. And if nobody's ever told you this, if you've never heard this, then hear it. I believe in you. I believe in you. I believe in your ability to choose your life. I believe in your right to be happy. I believe in your inner strength to move forward. I believe in your ability to survive. And I believe that if you choose to make difficult choices and live with the difficult consequences, you can have a better future for yourself. I believe that. I have seen that. And maybe you can't do it alone, but that does not make it any less a victory for you. know somebody who can hear this please pass this along if you're a victim please reach out to the many organizations uh, in your state uh, that can uh, help you I know here in uh, Arizona you've got the the domestic violence coalition I'm also going to uh, put up a lot of uh, information uh, uh, regarding uh, what, what you can do uh, if you need to call here in Arizona uh, you can also call the National Domestic Violence Hotline at 1-800-799-7233 again the National Domest- Domestic Violence Hotline is at 1-800-799-7233 and if you're in Arizona you can go ahead and call 602-279-2900. Take care of yourself. Love yourself. Uh, this has been uh, an edition of Reyes Podcast that I hope uh, that I hope somebody out there can benefit from. Uh, 
love yourselves. Uh, this has been uh, produced by Ruben Reyes, Reyes Podcast. Uh, and I'll be talking to you all soon. Thank you.